All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pastrami Nation, the meat of pop culture. I'm Kevin, and today I have a very, very cool guest with me. Um, he's an actor. He's been in some really, really awesome movies. Um, you might recognize him from things like Independence Day, Donnie Darko, SLC Punk, uh, Go. Uh, he's here to talk about his new movie, Beast Mode, today. Welcome, Mr. James Duvall. How you doing, Kevin? Thank hey. you for having me. Yeah, pretty good, How's man. Thank you for... How's everybody out in the internet world doing? Yeah. Yeah. I think they're doing pretty well. I mean, 2020 you could do as well as you can, right? Yeah. It actually could be a lot worse, believe it or not. It, oh yeah. It absolutely can be. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, speaking of, you know, everything, uh, how you been, how's everything been going for you? How's your, how's your year been going? I've been, you know, fortunately I've been all right. You know, I've been able to stay productive creatively you know whether I'm playing music or writing or you know once things started to pick up a little bit I've been working a little bit here and there cool although I gotta say it's been a bit precarious because the last job I had I wrapped out and a week later some you know and everyone was negative the day I was on set but a week later oh. I someone on set tested positive oh no then you got a quarantine and then you're worried and then do the test and then i just did my last test yesterday and it came up negative and nobody else ended up getting sick from the set so very cool yeah it turns that's, out that's that good just gotten it right after they wrap but right I say that that for a couple of weeks that i was a little nervous oh yeah absolutely it's a scary time to be anywhere right now and it really is. Um, I'm not looking for, i don't want to go through that again. right yeah no absolutely definitely um so yeah um i was uh so let's let's talk about beast mode a little bit that's your new movie coming out pretty soon um i had the opportunity to watch it and it's it's crazy in like the best way possible like i absolutely oh, so loved cool. it i'm glad to hear that you liked it i haven't had a chance to see it yet yeah, it's 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 great in, in, in all the the best ways. It's just it's just insanely cool. Um, really I really liked it. Um, everybody I got to work with on that movie. There's a lot of great actors in that movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, the cast is stacked. There's so many great you know classic actors in it, and uh, you know what? I, yeah, just a bunch of great like, people. That's one of the main reasons I you know I do movie like I still act just so I can work with mm -hmm. all my favorite actors. Really, to be quite honest. Um, nice everyone from you know ct so c thomas howell to james hong and yeah Kinkley and and leslie easterbrook you know all the way to dax shepherd and um, oh yeah I, and i didn't have scenes with him but uh, ray wise who i'm very fond of and i actually had the pleasure of working with him on another project and i have to say well, ray is easily one of my favorite people too as oh well. yeah he seems like an amazing guy. And, uh, you know, you brought up, you know, James Hong, like that to me, like another, when I saw him in the movie. Yeah. yeah. And man, and see, you know, see Thomas Howell, another, like every single name, you know, that we just uh, went off with. To me, that's, you know, that's all part of my formative years. I grew up with these guys. Yeah. You know, outsiders to Blade Runner. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, all, he's yeah, just, all the way through Balls of Fury. I mean, James Hong is the man. <laughs> oh, he is like every you know, you know, Big Trouble, Little China, uh, just like all these incredible roles. He's just amazing and everything. World, Mr. Button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got well, I got two kids, so they're on the you know Kung Fu Panda and things like that, and he's a big voice in there too. So every time I hear his voice, like, I he's know a exactly yeah, who he, that he, guy is. He's a legend. Yeah, he's he's awesome. Um, so how how did you get involved with Beast Mode? How did you get get on board with it? Um, I was, it was a very fortunate um, happenstance meeting for me. Actually, uh, it was through mutual friends of actually Spain Willingham. Oh, cool! And, uh, they were looking for an actor, and uh, my friend Tyler Jackson, who's one of the associate producers on the film, you know, said I you know I might know a guy, and called me up and told me about it and introduced us, and I read the script and I loved it and. They were kind enough to give me a shot at playing, you know, uh, Huckle. Huckle, Michael, yeah. A uh, couple, <laughs> couple guys. Um, and I, you know, I think, you know, we, if anything else, it's like the moment we met, we shared the same enthusiasm for this genre of film and, you know, the actors mm -hmm. that we were just talking about. And really the joy of being able to make something like this with actors of that caliber. And you, and you know, like we can only hope that, you know, like you said, I'm glad you liked it and I'm glad you saw it. Cause that's, that's really yeah. the hope at the end of the day is that people see it. And then if they do see it, hopefully they like it. Yeah, I think, I definitely think they will. Um, it's, it's a little crazy. Yeah, you know, it's a little crazy. 
<laughs> it's a little crazy and i like the you know uh you you got to play like essentially two different characters in this movie yeah um, which must have been yeah i was gonna say like was that just a really cool experience like you got to you know you know come every every day and kind of be one character and then the next day be the next character and so on and so it, forth what was that like it really was it was a lot of fun you know we you know we shot the michael stuff most of the michael stuff first and then we, you know there oh, were cool. a few things we had to shoot huckle with as well but then we shot the huckle stuff afterwards mainly and i have to say well you know that's not true i guess we were shooting it back and forth but it never really got confusing except if i try to go back and think right. about it <laughs> right um, but it was yeah it was actually a joy you know in, in a lot of ways you know spoiler alert you know i kind of think of the dead huckle as the third character right right so that was my homage to james oh Holmes yeah and my weekend at bernie's i played yeah that and that's best weekend at bernie's for james <laughs> and that's awesome and that's exactly what i was thinking throughout like a lot of the movies it was just like it, it felt like a really kind of twisted version of weekend at bernie's yeah and i remember Which, i saw that in the theater three times when it came out i was a oh, big man. fan of that movie so ridiculously funny to me yeah it's great it's so dark and twisted but so funny and i don't think i realized how dark it is till you get older and you're like oh man like yeah, like I, you know, I had a dark sense of humor as a kid. I guess I'm not too bad as I, not so bad off as I thought, you know? Right. I think when you lose your sense of humor, you're in trouble. Right, exactly. Um, so actually, let's, uh, you know, uh, so yeah, you play Huckle in this movie and Michael. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the plot of the movie and, and, and how the, you know, the story works a little bit, things like that? Well, it's sort of a day in the life of... Uh, I wouldn't say a washed up movie star, but a movie star who's kind of like hit his peak and maybe going down a little bit. And he's about to book this movie that will save him and his representation uh, career, basically, and financial mm -hmm. standing. And something happens that kind of puts a wrench in that whole thing. And so in the desperation, um, the representation seeks out a way to, I'm trying not to, I'm trying to give you the, the lowdown without spoiling. <laughs> Oh, um, absolutely. But it, it, from the moment he makes a big mistake, let's say, that is integral to the making of this movie, to Huckle's life and the future of their financial standing and their professional careers. And so he decides to put into play a plan to replace this actor. Yeah. Some way, yeah. somehow. And madness ensues. Yes, absolutely. Dark That's the perfect way to put it. Yeah, and in a lot of cool ways, yeah, it's as outrageously comedic as it is, you know, it's, it really does, I think it has a message, you know, about the corruption, not just of movies, but of fame in general, you know, and I think yeah, it's, uh, it's a nice statement and, you know, we live in the day and age of social media where everybody's become movie stars in their own right, influencers now, and how that can kind of corrupt people. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ray Wise, uh, his character said it the best. You know, he has that quote in there. Uh, you know, celebrity is a mask. You know, fattens the ego, eats the soul. Um, to one day you wake up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can't take it off, you know, like, um, and that really does happen. You know, I could imagine. I don't know. Obviously, I'm not in the Hollywood world, so I can't speak to that. But I, I see it in just my everyday life, you know. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it's it becomes or it seems more predominant probably in the entertainment world when you're dealing with music and film and people right. are into a lot of money, into the limelight. Nothing they can do is wrong per se. So that's why you sort of always see and heard these stories through the day and ages of this person who like, this actor or musician is completely unreasonable. You know, they're trashing their hotel room, they're spitting on people, they're lighting things mm -hmm. on fire, and they're getting away with it. Right. And really, that's kind of the idea. It's like that kind of corruption of the soul where you sort of lose, I think, uh, the ability to, to have sympathy for other people, empathy mm -hmm. for other people. And it really just, we become so self-consumed by that. And we, you know, and again, we're living in a crazy day and age, not just of COVID, but of social media and whatnot. Right. It kind of, I think it kind of does make a kind of like a really funny but serious statement about fame. And how it can corrupt the soul, turn us into all, turn any of us into beasts. We're all sort of guilty or can be, I think, prone to that kind of corruption. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It almost, it reminds Definitely. me of this old parable, you know, uh, I heard years ago that was just brilliant, you know, and this little boy's having a hard time and 
his grand tells his grandfather, his kids are picking on me and it makes me so angry. And the grandfather's like, look, you're going to be okay. You don't have to worry about these kids picking on you because that has nothing to do with you. But what, all you have to worry about is yourself. So you have mm -hmm. two wolves fighting inside you, just like the kids picking on you. And he has two wolves fighting inside of him. And I have two wolves fighting inside of me. And these wolves are always at odds. There's a there's an evil wolf and there's a good wolf. You know, and that evil wolf right. apparently is overtaking the other guy, which is why he's treating you so badly. But really, you have a good, good one and a bad one. And one represents darkness and greed and envy and jealousy and rage, mm -hmm. anger. And the other one is sympathy and peace and tranquility and balance and happiness and joy. And these yeah. two wolves are always in a constant battle with each other. And the little yeah. kid's like, well, I don't understand, grandfather. Well, who wins? Which one is stronger? And the grandfather looks to his grandson and he says, only the one that you feed. I like that. I love that. And that actually perfectly encompasses what this movie is. That's exactly what I was going <laughs> to say. That's exactly what reminds me of this film. You know, I'd heard yeah. years ago, you know, and I'm probably bastardize, bastardizing that, bastardizing this yeah. parable quite a, you know, quite a bit. But that's the general idea of it, you know. And it's that we yeah. all, this is something that exists within every single one of us. And we all have this battle happening within us. And it's this, which side are we going to let win? Which side do we mm -hmm. listen to? And it kind of, you know, maybe in a more proper fashion, I think, to describe this movie in a simple way is like this joke where my friend used to tell me, I have an angel on one shoulder and a devil on, a, on the other. I'm also deaf in one ear. <laughs> which one it is. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Yeah. And that's sort of the mask. And that's that corruption. So again, that, you know, that reminded me of that. And it really was a lot of fun to sort of dive into this because all the things that came up when I got the story and started bringing it down and speaking with them about why they were, why they had written it and what it was really about beyond also making an outrageously funny movie or trying to make right. an outrageously funny movie. You know, it is an outrageously funny movie. <laughs> yeah. We were out, you know, I think, yeah, we, they let me kind of push it a little bit, you know, they just let me go for it. Yeah. You know? That's, and that's, yeah, and that's great. And it really comes through in the movie. Yeah, you know, and it's well, it's it's fun to be able to work with people that go, you know what, try this. And you're like, yeah, you know, I'll try that. It's it's, it's like a, another thing I always told people is like, I want to work with the director, which is so wonderful working with Chris in Spain. But I want to work with a director mm -hmm. that I trust, that I have faith in. Right. They, you know, reminds me of when I was a little kid and my mom would say, like, why do you hang out with these kids, huh? If he told you to jump off a bridge, yes. would you? Yeah, and what's your common you know, common response is like, yeah. Of course I would. And then you're like, exactly. what am I saying? And then what I'm saying is, as I got older, that's the type of filmmaker I want to work with. Someone that goes, Jimmy, would you jump off that bridge for me? And I can look at him and go, yep. Because I know if he asks me to jump off that bridge, it's safe. It's okay for me to go yeah. that far. I'm going to be okay. In other words, he's not going to let me die. He's not going to let me choke. He's not going to let right. me. Does it, if it's a bad take or it's a bad, you know, uh, ad lib or improv or whatever or scene in general just like you just don't use it you cut it out you know but it, it yeah it reminds me of this um old say another old saying you know i i learned it from john cassavetes but i'm sure it's older and it's just dare <laughs> to fail because that's the only way you're gonna yes. dare to fail and michael you yeah. know from beast mode is very much that he dares to fail here's some someone who's so out of his depth in every level but that's all right. He's going to mm. go for it. He's going to dare to fail because that's the only way you can succeed in life. We're all afraid is, of failing and we never try, then we'll never succeed. That is very true. And I tell myself that every day too. So there you go. Yeah, I try, I try to remind myself of that. So I'm almost like it, I sound good in this interview maybe for just that moment. And then I'm like, <laughs> can I do that in real life? <laughs> no, I, I absolutely hear you. I think we all share the same kind of anxieties about success and failures and yeah, things like that. We just like other people. Why don't you take your own good advice once in a while there, Superman? <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm the same way. I, I, I'll motivate people to, to do everything and to go out there, achieve their dreams. But like with me, I'm just like, eh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, but yeah. you know, you know, that's the way it works. Um, so, um, you know, so you've um, taken a whole bunch of different roles throughout your career. You know, you've been acting since uh, early, early 90s, right? Early 90s, yeah. Uh, early 90s. 
Yeah. How do you, what do you look like, or what do you look for in a role before, you know, for you to take it? What's the, the kind of the, the thing that you're looking for when you're reading a script to see if you, you know, want to be in it or not? That's a good question. I mean, cause to be completely honest, it's nice, you know, if you have, if you, I think if you're at a level where you can pick and choose, and I've certainly been able to pick and choose at times here mm-hmm. and there, and I've been particular at times, but I think to be honest, what I've learned after 30 years by playing all these different roles is I wouldn't have played half these things had I been given the choice. In other words, it's like, do I want to work or I just want to sit around and wait for that one role? And it was something that was told to me years ago, actually. And he was talking about movie making. It was Roland Emmerich and he was talking to Dean Bell. And I applied this to filmmaking. Uh, Um, and he said, you know, Dean, we're not acting and pretending like we're geniuses and that we're the know-all filmmakers out there. We're just going out and making the movies that we love, enjoying ourselves and doing the best that we can. But it, and sometimes we're going to fail. You know, Independence Day people really loved and Godzilla, they didn't. Yes, right. That's okay because, you know, we did the best we could. So we just keep going. We just keep making the best you can. And then maybe one day, if you keep doing it and you're still there and you work hard enough, you become a craftsman. And then that's, that, that hit me. That took a lot of pressure off all of a sudden about having to be a top actor, you know, and, and that really, you know, which was important to me in the, in the beginning, really kind of swept that aside and really from that moment on became about the craft, about becoming a craftsman. And how do I be, become a better actor how do i learn to act basically Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, i still figure you know myself pretty much a student you know in every way not just of acting but of life and right there's always something to learn and i'm always growing and always getting you know discovering or obtaining a new pool pool tool pool would be nice too but a new tool to put in my bag of tricks (laughs) i like to think of it the more tools you have you know, the easier it is to build this house. And since your script is kind of the blueprint and as a film crew and actors and director and everyone together, we're all building this so-called house together, figurative house. Right. Then it'd be important that I show up on the grounds or to work with as many tools as I have, as I can to provide the best work that I can. And the more tools I have, the more I can do. And so I learned that over time, challenging myself you know, it was really, really important doing things that I was afraid of doing things that I didn't think that was important at times. Mm-hmm. And it certainly allowed me to become a little bit more picky in the future, but challenging myself, you know, like, I'm going to try to do a romantic comedy. I'm going to try to do a musical. I'm going to try to do, you know, uh, I mean, there was, a, I hadn't done really horror really until Donnie Darko or May, I don't think. Donnie Darko, right. You know, um before that was like a lot of just really trippy little indie movies and, <laughs> yeah i was gonna yeah no no, no. And, and i enjoyed it but i needed to to stretch my wings and for me to grow i just needed to try to do other things i needed to f- try and i needed to fail and fall on my face or do things i thought i couldn't do and succeed which i think mm-hmm. i've done a few times too and uh that's that's I think I really couldn't ask for more like brings me full circle to so when I show up on something or I get a script like beast mode playing two roles or three roles wouldn't at all seem challenging for me in the least you know it's actually something I've been looking forward to doing to oh you know give me more let's challenge myself um I remember when I did Independence Day which was still in the beginning of my career I was shooting a week on that and then flying back to LA to shoot a week on Gregor wow. Rocky's Nowhere and then fly to Utah right. and we can film Independence Day and fly back and finish Nowhere wow. and then finish Independence Day. So yeah, so I was actually shooting two movies at one time. And it wasn't the challenge that I thought it was other than, you know, it's nice to get sleep and rest once in a while. Right. But, uh, you know, and I did at night, but when I was switching over film, so I would shoot all night and then get on a plane and come back and then show up to set. So I didn't really get much sleep. A couple of times but you know i'm certainly not complaining it was you know in the end it was worth it and that's sort of the first time i learned you know it wasn't as difficult as i thought when i show up to an independent set when i'm playing like this sort of disillusioned los angeles kid with mm. in my part here and kind of like <laughs> of the 90s or wannabe hipster of the 90s and then i go to some massive studio film where i'm this trailer park kid on a 70 million dollar movie at the time yeah with this completely different cast of actors and crew and 
completely different sensibility in filmmakers as well, all across the board. There was no mistaking what set I was on and what character I was playing. So making the adjustment was, it almost, I didn't have to make the effort. It was done for me just by the mere fact that I was stepping into a completely different environment. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I was going to, you know, speaking of uh, Independence Day, that was like your first like major like blockbuster that was my first budget movie. film. Yeah. Yeah. Was that was that a little bit uh, just out of curiosity? Was that a little bit like nerve wracking for you guys, for you particularly? I mean, time. yeah, it was at the time because it was my first experience on a big set. It was my first experience with these massive actors that I'd grown up with that I loved. That I'd... Randy Quaid and yeah, you know, but it was it was mind-blowing to be quite honest and, and now that i think about it you know yeah. i still which i feel lucky to have still feel a bit of that excitement left over there's still that residual effect yeah. when i really think about it judd hirsch and jeff goldblum and robert loja and james Redhorn. yeah i mean there was you know and that's that and i'm now i'm skipping over you know the more obvious uh right right Brent spiner and will smith and you yeah know, bill pullman and Margaret Collins and Vivica Fox. And I mean, these, it goes on and Harvey Firestein and I mean, this said Harry Connick Jr. Yeah. There's so many incredible actors on that movie that, you know, for me, it was definitely a highlight of my life. You know, it was almost those things like, a, I don't have, you know, if I never make another movie again. <laughs> yeah, no, I can imagine. I mean, I, I still remember when that movie came out, it was like the biggest the biggest thing ever like it was everywhere and uh, it was insane and it, it really was it, you know and it was also interesting because on the on stylistically wise you know like every movie you do and every you know not just budget wise but stylistically every director has a different process for filming just like other actors and producers and dps and everyone mm -hmm. has a different process so it's really kind of as interesting coming from the world of gregor rocky and independent film where at that time, besides doing theater, which also worked very much the same way, you didn't really do a lot of improving or ad-libbing. You did it as it was right. written. And Greg is very, you know, Greg Araki himself is very particular about his script. So believe it or not, brushing the hand through the hair and taking a puff and blowing it out and ugh and ugh and mm, that's all written yeah. in scripts, all of it. Yeah, so he had all that's... that stage direction. So once I, which was amazing and great, you know, especially, you know, coming on to you know, screenplays for the first time. Yeah. And moving from that to do something like Independence Day, none of that stuff's written in there. So it's free for you to write that in yourself. And so they were also very much like, oh, you don't have to say it the way it's written. Just say it however you want. Say whatever you want. Make it up. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, don't even really know. Like, what? Like, wow. It's like Greg, Greg would be like, Jimmy, it's not written that way. You know? Right. <laughs> so it, it was also a very important, important experience for me i think in the sense of like because i really wanted and then still as as now the craft is extremely important to me and to mm -hmm. learn to act and become a better actor and i've certainly given some performances where i'm like maybe i should quit no i should dare to <laughs> fail learn what i learned rise up and keep going and i'm not ashamed right. of any of it because i feel more confident now that i've ever been and i'm happier than i've ever Good. been as an actor on set doing what i'm doing very cool. Oh, I'm sorry. You wouldn't. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, so going back to stylistically, like what I learned from Greg was to keep on, you know, I learned two important things very early in my career. Stick to the script if the script is written that way. And it's very important. Mm -hmm. Also, because you hear the great actors say this over and over again, it wasn't me. It's the writing. And sometimes if a script really is great, all we have to do is do and say what's on the page. We don't have to add anything. And it really mm -hmm the director and that writer do everything else for us. So that's certainly the truth. But there's also certainly something said that you can have a great blueprint and still go off and make your own stuff up. So for example, I'll give you two, two real quick examples from Independence Day. Yeah. Just made the lines up. So when he was like, when he was, everything about, let's kick the tires and light the fires. They're on the oh, yeah. like white on rice. Like he made all that stuff that's, up. Wow, so, really? Yeah, same thing with Randy Quaid was like, all right, you alien assholes. I've worked with my generation. I'm just like, what the hell did that come from? I'm like, looking at the dogs, reading through him off camera. I'm like, where the hell is that? Um, and, and also, most importantly, can I remember, and I'll tell you this specifically, I've said this a few times. This is my last, you know, this is the last piece for Independence Day. This is my favorite <laughs> story about acting. And I always, I've been telling it since the beginning of my career. 
I remember Dean enrolling, Dean Devlin enrolling Emmerich, calling me over and goes, you, want, you said you want to learn about acting. You've been asking Randy and everybody about acting advice. So come here, we want to show you good acting. Like this is what acting is. And they show me the sides and on the sides is just Will Smith and they're just going to drop him from a crane and he walks over to the ship. Yeah. Is the alien out. That's all that's written. There's no dialogue. So like, watch this, Jimmy. So they drop him. He gets up, starts walking over. Oh, look at you, ship all banged up. Oh, he made all that up. Walks over to the ship. It's like, oh, and watch what that smell. Welcome to Earth. He made all that up. None That's crazy. That, none of that is in the script. None of it's written. That's insane. Yes. I, I mean, and that's... In those two movies, at those two instances, from a really small movie to a really large movie, I learned two very important things about acting that were the exact opposite. And mm-hmm. I think thus begun my journey of, you know, learning more about <laughs> it, really become fascinated and having a great time with it. One, stick to exactly what the blueprint is. And the other one, exact opposite. Let it go and, and be in the moment and, and feel free to do what comes to mind. Yeah, well, which, which one do you prefer? I don't, I, well, what's funny is I was afraid of the improv and it took me, I'll, I'll be honest, it took me a couple of years to learn it. Now I enjoy it very much. I can make stuff up or I can keep it on the script. I can do either one and I'm as comfortable doing both, which I have to say, it's cool. taken me years. So yeah, it's, it's, and I did have a, like I said, I had a particular favorite, but now I'm more, I'm happy that I've gotten to the point where I'm comfortable with both so much that I, you want me to make stuff up? Let's make stuff up. You want me to stick to script? Let's stick to script. I can do them both. (laughs) That's like like the more tools in the bag of tricks. That's very cool, man. Um, So I just had a couple more questions for you. Um, If you don't mind me asking just about a couple of your older roles. I had a cup of coffee before this. So I hope I'm like, oh, no, you're totally cool. You're helping me with my anxiety and everything. So we're doing great here. (laughs) Believe it or not, I just like took my dog to the dog park and I worked out for a quick meal. Yeah, so I did all this right before, and then I'm like, oh, I better drink a coffee. So I'm like, you ready? No, I'm like, la, 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 diarrhea of the mouth. <laughs> no, man, it's great. <laughs> I really appreciate it. No, it's awesome. Um, so uh, I, I love that shirt. I really love that shirt. It's it's amazing. I saw you with it on earlier. Um, so I'm like, oh, so just I, remember, the ladies and gentlemen, it's not me. It's. It's society. <laughs> I love that. Um, so this, uh, I'd, I'd like to just talk about Donnie Darko a little bit because I'm a huge Donnie Darko fan. And yes, like that <laughs> is incredible right there. Is oh that, it, it was actually from the movie. And um, did, was, was that, I'm just curious, was that fit for you specifically? Or was that just kind of a, a thing that they kind of just pulled in and no, well, it's interesting. The the suit I actually got fitted for shoulders, oh, okay, cool. waist, everything. So the fact that it's kind of baggy is really interesting to me. Like almost came off like a rabbit with a bat who's had fur but was a bag of bones almost. Right. Oh yeah, it looked, it looked incredible. There. Skeleton underneath, perhaps without the meat and the right. <laughs> the meat. Um, and then the mask itself was, you know, when I first read the script, and then when I got the part, it just said six foot bunny. So I assumed Harvey. You know, yeah, James Cat. You know James Cagney. Sorry about that. Please forgive me, Jimmy. No. Please forgive me, Jimmy Stewart. I am so sorry. <laughs> Please forgive me, James Cagney. He's like, why, I yada? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, calm down. Stand still around. It's cool, man. <laughs> blame society. Just blame society. I blame You're society, fucking... James. It's not my fault. But uh, yeah, so it was. Uh, it, it, I had the idea it was just a six foot bunny, but like a regular funny and um while i was getting fitted for the suit and i guess they did fit like a head thing over like a, a hoodie mm-hmm. but there was no face plate or mask all they did was they fit me in the suit and then they came over and they showed me a sketch and goes this is what your mask is going to look like and that's the first time i saw it was for the fitting in the bunny suit and i was like whoa wow that's uh that's pretty can i cuss that's <laughs> freaking awesome man because i didn't think he was gonna like i thought bugs but i yeah. didn't think like yeah i didn't think it was gonna look like that <laughs> that is incredible that is cool yeah so yeah, it looked great and 
it was like watching everything unfold for me because as I got in the suit and then they showed me the mask, I thought, wow, this whole movie just changed for me on another, yeah. like I had an idea of it, but just expanded even by another dimension. That's yeah, that's it. That, the whole movie, like, like I, I just, <laughs> just out of curiosity, when you first kind of read the script for that, did you, did you get it? <laughs> like, it's, it's one of those movies that, that takes a couple times to, to watch, to understand. It, I'm wondering like few, how it was. It took a few reads to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, what okay. I can say is I read the script and I loved it right off the bat. Like, yeah, it's a great script. Like, yeah. I don't know what the hell this thing is, but this is amazing. This is like a modern day Twilight Zone, but a movie. That's, yeah. what I, that's yeah. the way I, exactly my initial reaction wow this is like a twilight zone it's just so bizarre and weird so why because my audition scene was just the scene where i run over gretchen and i get out of the car and right he's frank just the regular guy just his donnie's sister's boyfriend that's who he is right it took me five reads to understand that oh yeah why is he there who is he what's going on and then you start to put it together you're like i didn't figure out right away that he was donnie's sister's boyfriend but i figured out that he was a kid and that he wasn't this right supernatural creature or whatever sort of and i never thought he was a supernatural creature i thought he was this, like my other initial opinion of it wasn't even that he was evil i thought of him as like his guardian angel Guardian, absolutely yeah Guardian dark angel that's the way I, I thought of it and while we were filming the movie I remember even right after that I had a specific song that I was like Ooh. his theme song and it's a song by the Pixies called Mr. Greaves oh yes yeah you can cry you can moan but can you swing from a good rope <laughs> so good oh, I believe boom boom from and Mr. Greaves. <laughs> and that was him. I'm like, that's me. That's perfect. I'm, I'm playing Mr. Greaves. That is awesome. And and all of that. So, you know, whenever you play a part, that's part of your homework. It's like, who are you playing? What are they about? So that was like the song and the soundtrack of my head. So it was amazing that when later on when Rich came back with In Excess and Tears for Fears and um joy division and the church i grew mm -hmm. that's everything I, I was in high school i had bought the cassette of head over heels that was my formative years dude uh, yeah i love tears for fears they're one of my favorite bands yeah, and uh, i saw i saw them live way back in the 80s dude they're amazing and that um that cover for that movie too of, of mad world Harry jewels covers yeah, was just insane. just brings it to a whole other level he does amazing have you ever, and you know who does an amazing version of that version is Kurt Smith and his daughter from really years do an acoustic acoustic version of Mad World, but Gary Jules version. That and is, I need to check that out. Your arm stand up. You can find it on YouTube. Yeah, That's everybody awesome. Check it out. It's a great homage to Tears for Fears. Do, you know, doing Gary Jules homage to them, homaging <laughs> Gary Jules. It's, oh, it's so it's good. Really, something out of this world. And nice that's awesome him and his daughter on the guitar and they're singing together mm -hmm. yeah and i love you know in the in the movie the the way they used head over hills is just like at the the school bus and the way the camera is moving yeah. and just All everything i i you know it, just talking about it with you i can't believe yeah. i'm in a movie like this. dude <laughs> you know? like it's it's one it's, of the joys it really is like one of the joys of making movies is like once in a while you make something you're like i was that's Okay, I'm not saying it, but I thought that movie was amazing. Not because I'm in it, because it's a small part of that. That movie was awesome. So once, and then once in a while, I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, I was really horrible in that movie. <laughs> but you know what? I tried. I tried. Don't hold it against me. I blame no, Exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, Donnie, Donnie Darko is is just, it keeps growing too. Like it's, it's just like this unstoppable thing that like people are always discovering. Like it's, it's I, I still hope, like, I hope so, you know, because it was really kind of a bummer. So when I read the I, script, my initial thought was a twilight zone, you know, and mm -hmm. we went and we made the movie and I was really proud of what we had done and it came together in pieces. Cause we didn't even know what Frank was going to sound like until six months after we shot. And we went into the sound stage and we started experimenting with the voice and the cadence. And the right. Did you do the voice for him too? Yes. 
Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, that was one of the great the great things about the part. I remember when I auditioned. <laughs> they go, okay. Uh, just so you know, we want whoever's playing Frank to also be in the suit too. And I'm like, okay, thank God. That's yeah, and and do the voice. And I'm like, because I was gonna actually ask if I can do the suit and the voice. Because no offense, I mean that just means I work more days, so I'll make more money and right. You know, people yeah. gotta eat, right? Nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, and they laughed. They thought that was funny. And I really didn't think I was going to get the <laughs> making jokes like that on a, on a movie with the script like that. And, you know, and, and Frank in the script's written as six feet tall and blonde. And I'm about five, nine and I'm not blonde. Right. Um, so I really didn't think that movie was going to go anywhere for me. But I read it. it. I ended up reading it five or six times so I can understand what it was. So I, when I went in an audition, it would make sense, at least my performance to me. And then I let it go. And mm -hmm. one of the highlights, again, like Independence Day, another highlights getting a movie like Donnie Darko and getting the call and like, you got the bunny and you're, Ugh. and then you go in for the fitting and they go, your mask looks like this. And you're like, so your mask looks like that. <laughs> right. You're like, Ugh. you know, and then you do the voice and then you watch it six months after that. So a year after you film and it comes out the way it comes out at Sundance. We're like, Ugh. and then it comes out in the theater and you, 50 people see it and it goes oh. and disappears and no one thinks anything of it and you're really proud of it and it didn't stop you from being a proud of it but you're like I guess it's just one of those movies that you know unfortunately didn't get out such too bad you know I was really I'm, I'm really proud of that it was about two years later I was walking through a staples and the security guard just goes Frank and I turn around and he goes yeah I just saw Donnie Darko man and I'm like wow you and like 50 other people man <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, really proud of that movie. Thank you for checking it out. And he's like, no, no, it's out on DVD and it's, dude, it's really good. And yeah. Then it just started word of mouth that started to pick up. And, you know, again, so like as an antithesis to a big movie like Independence Day, where everyone goes and sees it in the theater, it's, it was quite encouraging, I got to say, not only as an actor, but just as a film fan that we have movies that still pass around through word of mouth and that are yeah. great movies. And, we're not, you know, and that's probably also the other, you know, I don't want to be totally on, you know, I was kind of down on social media before, but the ability for us to communicate and share things the way we can now is also gives us the ability to discover more movies like that. Not just yeah. any dark, but, you know, there's tons of movies that we wouldn't be discovering if we weren't passing it around to each other. But it's nice to be a little bit of part of film history, something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, 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 yeah, I'm a huge fan. And like I said, any, any person who hasn't seen it yet, I'm like, you have to see this movie. I think I have like a little Donnie Darko. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Got my little guys. Like some people like, oh, his ears fell off. But I got a Donnie, du Donnie Darko rubber ducky. And like, yeah, people made like a Donnie, like a Frank the Bunny out of a teddy bear. And it's really Dude, sweet. That like, is... People do some really sweet things. So I've been touched by it and I Good. as much as I can over the years. And then my well, favorite that's... band, the Jazz Butcher behind him, which has nothing to do with any of it. <laughs> then they're just a really cool hip band that no one's ever heard of. That's what, what, are they, heard. what are they called again? The Jazz Butcher. The Jazz Butcher. I might have to check them the out. For sure. Yeah, he used to play, well, I should say rather after Bauhaus broke up, half of Bauhaus played in his band for a minute before Love and Rock. Oh, cool. Yeah, and they're all from the same town in Northampton together. Nice. Not I'll definitely the check same. them out. Yeah, not quite the same as Bauhaus or you know, Love and Rockets, but you know, definitely right. like indie rock. It's one of my favorite bands. With a little oh, very cool. Gentlemanly flavor thrown in for good measure. Nice. Yeah, I'll definitely check them out. They sound great. Um one more thing I have to ask you about. Um, anything, anything. So earlier I said um, Go was one of my favorite movies of all time. And it truly movie. is top five movies for me. It was by the very first DVD I ever owned, you know, when DVDs were coming wow, out. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, and it's it's truly like like that movie hit me at like the perfect time. I was like 19, just getting, you know, starting school and, and, and had this, I worked at a movie theater and it just, it just felt right to me at the time when I saw it. Um, and it's just an amazing movie. Um, you just tell me just a little bit about, about, you know, doing that. Cause you were, you were in, you know, you were mostly in Vegas throughout that yeah. movie. Um, yeah, shot a little bit in LA and we shot a few of the exteriors, believe it or not in downtown LA. 
Oh, okay. The rest of the exteriors and the interiors were shot except for one hotel room in Vegas. So like the, um, the car chase scene where you guys are driving through Vegas and stuff, was that in Vegas or was that? The car chase scene is in Vegas, but the alleyway where we get stuck and we get right, right. alley, that's in downtown Los Angeles. Oh, cool, cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, I love the scenes with you and like you guys were eating all that shrimp. And uh, I was and, so afraid. I'm not going to I was I'll tell you something. I was so afraid because of the script talking about shrimp being loaded with iodine. I right. didn't eat shrimp all night. So they <laughs> and they got little pieces of chicken and little pieces of cheese and then they put orange food coloring on it, <laughs> like little shrimp. And I just like. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because I was well, you so guys... afraid of getting iodine poisoning like right. here in Vegas. Like, that is want... fun. I don't want. I don't want that. Like, no, not while I'm filming. That is funny. Uh, you guys all like. You guys had this great chemistry together when you guys were there. Did you guys know each other before you guys started filming or anything, or is this kind of like you guys were all no, just kind of all met on that movie, but we all just kind of clicked. Yeah, you know, I know that I met Desmond the. In the British guy, I met Simon. Yeah, yeah, Simon. Um, at the wardrobe fitting, and from the time we met at the wardrobe fitting, we literally just started hanging out. Nice, that's awesome. And yeah, that that movie. Um, yeah, thank you guys for making it. I just got to say, like, I'm a oh, huge fan. It's really, like, thank John August for writing it, and Doug for directing it. Oh, John August, yeah, the, that script, and uh, you know, yeah. Lyman, and the soundtrack is incredible too. Like, it's it's everything about that movie is perfect. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was really a joy. I mean, at that time, I got into Go because I told, you know, we were, you were talking asking about how do I pick scripts and roles before? And so, mm -hmm. believe it or not, the way I got Donnie Darko, the way I got Go, the way I got Gone in 60 Seconds, some of these movies, like I said, yes. find me something with Nicolas Cage. So they found Gone in 60 Seconds. <laughs> and I said, I want to, so I love swingers. I want to work with Doug Lyman. They got me on audition for Go. I got it nice um, donnie darko is a little bit more interesting in the sense of like i got involved in donnie darko because i just saw rushmore and oh like, okay i yeah. really want to work with jason schwartzman I, like this jason schwartzman is freaking phenomenal and i worked yeah. with his mom talia shire played my mom in a movie called river oh. drown and with michael imperioli from the sopranos and Richard okay Schwartzman. and so i'd already worked with her and that's awesome. i'd never met him but i was i was like enamored after Rushmore and loved him. I still love him. Oh, he's he's you know incredible. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, I want to do get me a movie with Jason Schwartzman. Donnie Darko was it. And then I auditioned for the part and I got Donnie Darko and he dropped out. Oh. Because he was cast as Donnie Darko. Right. And then they cast Jake. And I remember I I I knew Jake from October Skies, which was phenomenal. Oh yeah, October Skies is amazing. Yeah. I love and, that movie. I remember I actually auditioned for it, but I was a little too old. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. I'm ten years older than Jake. Especially back then, I would have been like ten years older. Is like, I think I was like, he was like sixteen or seventeen when he did that, and I was like twenty. Right. Something like that. Um, but I remember I knew it because of that. And when I watched it, I, all I knew was like, wow, this, these kids and these actors and this director and this movie's fantastic. And I used to want to be an astronomer and shoot rockets and write stuff, you know? So when I got it, I was like, oh, cool. They got this, like, he'll be a good Donnie Darko. You know, I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah, you know? Like I, he was a great actor, like a great dramatic actor in that movie. We do the first scene in the golf course. That was the first scene where I call him out of bed and, Right. He's looking at me and I remember just shooting it with him and I have to scream it through the mask. So it's not the way you've seen it in the movie, like world will end. You know, it's like the world will end right. muffled. You know what I mean? And he's yeah. playing it and just giving that, you know, that. And I remember taking the mask off after the first day. I was like, wow, man, you just creep me out. Like you are Donnie Darko. Like, oh, I didn't say I got involved with this for someone else. You know what I mean? But I felt, right. I couldn't have felt in more not just competent hands but i felt that after i shot the first scene with him that we had and i already thought it was special but then i thought it was something out of this world and i said it at the time and i you know and i meant it but i really not as as i think as meaningful as i'm saying it now that he is and always will be donnie darko there will never be another donnie darko Never yeah never now i'm trying to i'm trying to picture jason Schwartzman as donnie darko it would have been a much different which, film 
I, just oh, I can imagine. Yeah. That's all. Um, you know, um, it's interesting how things turn out just the way they should. You know, and I just, I've never met, I'm still to this day never met Jason and worked with him, but I hope that someday <laughs> I get a chance to work with him. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm and, sure and you will. You did have uh, Alex Greenwall from Phantom Planet, who's the bully in Donnie Darko still. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Phantom Planet is. And who's awesome, by the way. Yeah. Like, he's such a sweetheart. Plays a bully and he's oh, really? such a nice guy. <laughs> really? Incredible. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Um, so, and of well, course, Seth, too. Seth's a real big sweetheart. Uh, who was? Sorry. Seth Rogen's a real big oh, sweetheart. Oh, yeah. Those oh, two yeah. were the bullies. I totally blinked that Seth Rogen was in Didn't that. Dad, like stab your mom. Whole okay, you just kind of. I, I remembered, but now I'm like, <laughs> now I'm like remembering it. I was like, wow, that's he's super that's young. Insane. Yeah, he's super young. We were, well, crazy. we were all pretty young. I think, yeah, I think I was 26 or 27 at the time. Wow. No, then I was 26 and 27. I know Jake was 19. And Seth is probably around the same age, if not a couple years younger. That's that's blowing my mind right now. For some reason, it just never clicked. I love the movie. I've seen it a million times. And it's just like, well, because, you know, you think Seth Rogen is like this huge, you know, he's a huge comedy actor. And like, he's done some really good dramatic stuff, too. But you don't, it just didn't click. But that's. Yeah, Freaks and Geeks and Donnie Darko. And then, yeah. boom, a couple years later, 40-year-old virgin. Wow, that's crazy. That's that's cool though. Um, so yeah. Um, so what is um, so what's next for you, James? What well, do you got um, coming up after this film? I have quite a few movies actually. Since this movie's uh, finished, this um, I'm not so good at promoting. But let's see. Uh, I did a pilot with Michael. Two pilots with Michael Madsen this year. Um, one. Wow, is, that's cool. One's just wrapped, but the other one is. Uh, it's all finished, ready to go. So it's called For Nothing. It's kind of like this mafia film and set in the underbelly of uh, Buffalo, New York. Nice. They play an undercover cop. Uh, that was kind of fun. Straight drama, straight like mob film, like mob series. That's and then, cool. Uh, before that, I had shot uh, sort of the end of the world movie with the writer of SLC Punk, but a oh, nice. incoming director. Yeah, it's called, it's called Ash. It's called Ashes. It's people struggling to survive after uh, asteroid impact. There's not many people left in the world. Um, it's pretty bleak. Uh, <laughs> and before that, um, which I'm really excited about, I did this movie called I Challenger. I played this 40-something-year-old gamer who sells marijuana to underage kids who can't get it in the dispensary. <laughs> wow. And that's how I get by. Um, really nice guy, but like, don't let the the right right the description 19 and 20 year olds fully 18 year old right. he does have a heart of gold um he's looking for a way to he doesn't want to do it he was looking for a way to improve his life so he's finds that maybe luck would be the one thing he could use to change his life so he somehow gets caught up in a scheme to bury himself for 24 hours in a 24 hour self burial self supervised burial challenge and he's gonna what? live stream it yeah and then he'll get all these files go viral and he'll get like all this sponsorship and all this money is it's his biggest luck and like he won't have to worry about life anymore because it'll be set because it'll go viral and everyone will right will be that guy who buried himself for 24 hours for luck interesting kind of an idiot right because <laughs> when you play someone like that who's so committed that's right so <laughs> it was really wow. outrageous but i have to say that it ended up being a much more poignant film than I thought it was going to be. It's it's super mm. funny. Again, it's super outrageous. It's also got I've got some pretty horrific elements. I think to a degree. Let's just say that uh, tune in, folks. Anything can happen. Yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> definitely going to be on the lookout for that as well. Um, yeah, we so got a great, people... great cameo by Margaret Cho, by the way, who came in grace. Yeah, you guys. Uh, yeah, I don't want to spoil it. I, no. want to, I do want to no, spoil I, it. What I'm saying, I want to, but I won't. All right, right. I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> we will all be surprised. Yeah, that um, movie you, just finished everything. So look for iChallenger coming soon. Cool. And then I'm, gosh, I'm probably sure I have a couple other projects at the moment I'm not <laughs> talking about. But No, um, it's all right. Well, when, uh, Beast, so, uh, Beast, Beast Mode. Yes, yes. Beast Mode. Uh, what is it? Uh, December 1st, uh, Video December On Demand. 
on demand and okay. various uh, streaming platforms. Keep an eye out for it. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I really, really want to say thank you again for joining me today. It's oh, been an for... honor and a pleasure. Oh, are you kidding and... me? It's been an honor and a pleasure for me too, Kevin. I'm oh. glad that anyone even wants to talk to me. Honestly. Oh, no, you're, you're incredible, man. And like I said, I, I am a fan, you know, I, I probably, you know, I doom generation and just there's all this, all these great movies. I can sit here all night and just talk to you about them um but um but thank you so much we really appreciate it i appreciate you have no idea i don't think about that stuff you know like uh during the pandemic i'm just trying to stay sane stay happy not get sick right not let what's getting to most people get to them so you know i play a lot of music i got my couple guitars but i have also my i got my baby right here that i play quite often Oh, nice. Doing a lot of Smith songs lately. I learned to play like Johnny Marr a little bit. Only took me 20 years. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that's play, cool. I constantly play the Smith song guitar, among other things, but I can't shake it. Been listening yeah, to it for 30 years and trying to play it for 20. Finally get, finally getting there. Yeah, no, Thanks that's awesome. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's a way to kind of stay, stay sane and stay busy during this mm-hmm. time. And and I'm glad people are finding that. Um, by the way, where can people find you on social media, things like that? Um, um I have um an Instagram. It's just uh, real James Duval, and same with okay. my Twitter, real James Duval. I had okay. a Facebook, but I don't really use it at all. Like I'm never on there. Yeah. <laughs> so it would just be like. It's just pointless to even, yeah, I don't use it. I'm, the Facebook I haven't really used since 2013. But social media, right. for, yeah, for social media for Instagram, I've been on there, gosh, since 2010, maybe 2011, before Facebook had it even. Oh, wow. I've been on Instagram forever. I love, nice. I love, I love the idea that it's pictures. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's great. Now, and now, I, I mean, now videos too and, and uh, Instagram live, but um yeah I, I dig instagram so yeah um if anyone's interested on uh, and i promise that i'll be more interactive i'm not so good <laughs> at it i have to be honest i'm a bit shy you know and then mm-hmm. i get caught up in like just living you know to be honest like sometimes i want to post something and i'm like ah, this takes too long i'm too busy living life i got another smith song to play <laughs> But I do right. eventually, I do eventually get back, folks. Just be patient with me on Instagram, and I'll and I promise cool. to post more updates. Um, I actually have a photo I can't wait to share soon with Nathan Bexton from Nowhere and from Go. We just recently oh, very cool. Project. Yeah, hopefully that nice. gets picked up and turned into a television show, and then I'll have more to say about that as well. But, well, very uh, cool. Well, I hope you know when those things come out, feel free to come on back. We'd love to have you back. We could talk about those. And uh, oh, I'd love that. Well, I've got your contact info, Kevin, and I'll stay in touch because we've got quite a few projects on the on the cusp and on the horizon. For sure, that sounds awesome. Yeah, we'd love to have you back and and talk to you, pick your brain even more. And wow, and uh, it's been a it's, yeah, it's been a real pleasure. Well, thank you so much. And. Um, to everyone watching, as always, check out pastramination.com for the latest news, reviews, interviews, and all that fun stuff. Um, signing off for today, I'm Kevin. And James, thank you again for joining us. I truly thank appreciate you, it. Thank you, everybody. Have a great one and stay safe out there.